What's up, guys? Heathen Culture Podcast. In the lab with me today, I'm, I'm extremely, extremely, extremely uh, honored to have this guest in here today. It's our local county judge. It's the man who challenged Governor Abbott uh, with the masks. It is uh, Judge Mark Kehoe. Thank you so much for coming in, bud. Man, thank you. Henry, I appreciate it so much for you guys letting me come here and be Absolutely. a part of this today. Man, I love your, I love your location. I love what you're doing here. Man, that's, that just means the world to me. I love compliments like that. So, Super. man, I want to get into everything with COVID and all that stuff, but what I want is I want everybody hearing this, I want them to get a background on you. Okay. Like, you know, your background, where'd you go to school, your politics, where did all this come from? Where, what made Mark Kehoe want to become a, a lawyer, then a judge, then so on and so forth? Well, let me tell you, I, I, was, I, I was raised in the Midwest. I moved here in 1980. I graduated, I went to University of Cincinnati in the Midwest for okay. about a year and a half, and then I ended up going to a small Christian college called Cedarville College. Okay. And it was there that my theological perspective, my, my frame of reference really developed, and how I was going to look at life, the meaning of life, what's our purpose, why are we here, what are we, what are we doing, and how does that coincide with our national identity? with where we are in our constitution, where we are with uh, our local um, government and whatnot. And then I ended up going to graduate school. I went to Dallas Theological Seminary in Dallas uh, for a short period of time. I was the pastor about four years of a church, going on three kids, then having almost four. I ended up in the car business, which is unbelievable. Oh, wow. I did but that it, too. But it was awesome. And uh, it took great care of me. I was in it for 27 years. Um, and had some wonderful experiences. And when my wife and I had the opportunity to, to launch from that, we were blessed tremendously financially as a car dealer and then 14 years with Lexus. Now, when the opportunity came up, we started this Bible study here locally and ended up starting a church, the Woodlands Bible Church. Really? I had no which, idea. Yeah, which I'm the senior pastor of right now. Oh, goodness. So meanwhile, when we left the war, my business um, at Lexus to go do the church, I got solicited to run for public office. Steve Toth, a dear friend of mine, State Representative Steve Toth, who uh, he was running for a position in Senate, and he just asked me if I would do it, and I was not interested. Well, then Ted Cruz's father somehow got a hold of me. We had a conversation. I went to one of his events, and next thing you know, I'm standing up saying I'm running for House District 15. And wow. I ended up being the state rep here in this area for two sessions. Oh, my goodness. Representing uh, the Woodlands, Oak Ridge, Shenandoah, 6% of Conrose, a little bit of Magnolia, up towards Wood Forest, oh, all wow. the way over to Deerbrook. This was my district, District 15. And I represented about 180,000, 90,000 people. Um, and ended up representing them in the Capitol. Had an office there, an office here. And, oh, my uh, goodness. Plus, plus the church. Oh, wow. Which I had an associate help me, and I just came in and I, teach on, I taught on Sundays and whatnot. But that's, this is what I do. Well, then when we saw some things that were going on in the county, and there were some events that were taking place, and I, I had the opportunity to, people would come to me and say, what's going on in Montgomery County? What's going on in Montgomery County? Especially as related to taxes. I had the opportunity to... Uh, to run, and I did, and I won, and uh, and here I am today, a year and a half later. Awesome. See, people don't realize like when I talk about the heathen culture, and I talk about uh, I talk about what it means to be heathen to me. Like, I grew up very country. I grew up in a Cold Spring, Oakhurst area. Yeah, really small town, but you know, raised in Baptist church, all that stuff. But I was just a little heathen running around, causing hell for my family. And so I talk about that, but I bring a lot of God into what I do as far sure. as like being a recovering addict, things like that. I mm -hmm. talk about God, how God has saved me. God has sent people into my life to touch me and push me in right directions and things like that. That's kind of where this That's whole awesome. thing came from. That's awesome. Um, and so I definitely, I embrace uh, my, my spiritual side. Uh, and I think for me personally, God kind of pushes... Uh, pushes the envelope and allows people to come into your life, like yourself, yeah. came into my life to where I could do this and yeah. and do this kind of podcast and that's things awesome, like that. That's awesome, man. I mean, that, that's remarkable. So I definitely, I'm, I'm one of those people, like, I believe in that thought process and moving forward. You know, if I was, I got to tell you, Hank, if, if I was, um, if I was not a believer and had a, and operated within a fixed 
theological perspective, which is a Judeo-Christian perspective, I could not do this job. Wow. I, I depend upon the, and I'm not a spiritual giant, trust me. I know the Bible, raised in the church from since I was open on Sunday morning, Sunday evening. Oh, yeah. We're there. And, uh, but the fact of the matter is, is that if I didn't have that background, I wouldn't know where to turn. I, I wouldn't know how to navigate through many things that take place. And specifically, there's certain sections of the Bible that are near and dear to my heart, which give tremendous wisdom on how a person should live. How should we then live? And the book of Proverbs has been a real godsend to me when I discovered that my father, when I was 14 years old, taught me how to navigate through the Bible. Um, and uh, it's it's really it's been something I got to tell you. Basic instructions before leaving Earth. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. <laughs> yeah. While you're here, yeah, don't blow here. this deal. Find your purpose. Absolutely, that's right. So now we've the background. I know for you, your your current state of affairs, the last five or six months, you've been uh, kind of on, on the hot seat. With uh, with your thought process, how you do things, so on and so forth. Yeah. Um, I wanted to actually pick your brain, like your first impression of COVID, like when you first heard about this, and you're like, okay, this is a potential danger for my my constituents, is a potential yeah. danger for the people of Montgomery County. Yeah. What What was your initial? Well, initially, I was very skeptical of the whole thing, like many people, um, because it. It, it, and it appeared to me to be very politically driven. And it came on the tail end of an impeachment. And, I mean, talk about Trump having to go through, regardless of how you feel about Donald Trump, um, he got us to a place that we haven't seen in years and years and years. And yet he's been through all these various investigations. I mean, the guy's amazing that he could get through all that stuff and at the same time um, still get some, and, and get some things done. It Absolutely. was amazing. So now all of a sudden we see this COVID-19 show up. It's real. There's nobody that's arguing whether or not it's real. And, but my initial impression was this is kind of like the flu. Yeah. And as I listened and as I, and I even talked to a group of people, I said, look, just, just don't even worry about it. Let's just move on. But then as I'm watching various things and listening to various people, Specifically, our president, as I, as I, we had discussed this and had met with um, our health district. I'm also the chairman of the board of the Montgomery County Health District, and so I have, as I listened to our um, our chief there, who's involved with the hospital district and all of our ambulances, and they're doing these projections. He's giving me projections. Then I'm listening to the president. President jumps from nine billion in aid up to 50 billion in aid and that got my attention and then he turns around and he gives 220 billion to small business for small business loans i'm thinking he's believing all this he's moving in that direction well the next thing i know he's increasing the monies again um he's he is uh, sending hospital ships to california and to new york and I see this stuff going on, and, you know, again, it's, it goes from the, the president to the governor to me. Yeah. That's the chain in this emergency type of environment. Governor had not yet declared an emergency. But when I'm driving back from Houston and I see this place is empty in the middle of the afternoon, I mean, there's nobody in it. I mean, it's like surreal. I thought, you have got to be kidding me. I called my chief of staff, and I said, Jason, we need to get on board and take this serious. I can't, a, Montgomery County can't save the U.S. economy or the regional economy. Correct. So we're going to operate based upon what we were told. Now, our health district, uh, the people in, in our district, which who are great people, by the way. They, oh, yeah, they, fantastic. They work very hard at accurate, keeping accurate numbers. But they gave a model that showed us to have 100,000 cases by the end of April. Now, this is March 26th that I got this information. Oh, wow. March 27th is when I came out with my stay-at-home order. That was the hardest thing for me to do. And, but what I did, that, as I looked at 17 other counties around me, that we were a last holdout. And what they did not put in their orders was Second Amendment, essential businesses, production, production of ammunition, production of guns, the sale and retail of guns. I put that in my order. And also, they pretty much, at all practical purposes, shut down churches. 
No. Yeah. That was... I, I, I put in my order that that you that people could go to the church, they could meet at the church. If there was businesses business going on there, they could conduct business. Could they gather in large groups? No, but I put in they could gather outside. When the governor talked about outside services, he got off on my order. Oh, wow. Because we came up with outside services that they could do. If they want to have communion, they could do drive-by communion. We figured out all kinds of creative things. I mean, you can get you, creative. Some you do what sense. you got to yeah. do. But here's what happened. I'm watching the numbers. And I'm not looking at cases. How many cases just tells us, what if you want to calculate our mortality rate or something like that, what are my active cases? How many people right now are in the hospital and how many people are at home? And the difference between the two is you had about 10% in the hospital, which doesn't mean they're in ICU. That just means they're in the hospital just means they could, be, they could be there for observation. Yeah. They think they have it and they have them there. And then everybody else is at home. Self-quarantining. Or, That's right. Or living normal life. Yeah. And so, you know, it, that was suspect to me. They're so sick that they'd send them to the house. Really? Yeah, that makes and, no sense. Well, that's the problem. And, and that, that's, but we, we have developed this mindset that we, we, at, at any cost, we've all adopted the Hippocratic Oath of the, the doctors. Do anything at all to save life. We're all Do about no saving life. But tell that to the guys at Normandy or the guys at Iwo Jima or the guys in Vietnam that died for their country. Correct. Where they were afraid and they were afraid of dying, but they wouldn't do it any, anyway because they were supporting the culture. Well, and you, that's what we've abandoned here. Well, I, 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 I talk about uh, the warrior culture because that's what this place is. Oh man, yeah. Uh, this this place is the warrior culture. I mean, we've got war fighters in here. We've got uh, prior service military. We got lots of veterans. Lots of people about to go in. People that make the sacrifice uh, for uh, yeah. the, the the common good of our country. And so, you know, one of my biggest things was is when the shutdown came. It upset me. One because my business was being shut down, but the other part of it was physical fitness is essential to mental fitness. Nobody is talking about health. Correct. I'm, I'm, as soon as Vaccines and pills, not immune system boosting, physical exercise, eating correctly, none of that. Hank, let me tell you something. The people who have passed away, for the most part, which by the way, as of today, there's 77 in Montgomery County. 77 that passed in Montgomery County. That's right, yeah. And almost all... I, 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 there was a while there where the average age was 80 and it's not about the age it's about the comorbidities a comorbidity is what do I have that reduces my immune system that makes me susceptible to, to, the, to the virus Yeah. and here are the big three obesity well, the, actually, the, ob- obesity is the key to all of it. Yeah. All of these people. That's the gateway. In most cases. That's the gateway. I'm, I'm telling you, is the gateway. But you've got high blood pressure and diabetes. And when you take, as a person gets older, they're more susceptible to these things because their lives become more sedentary. I, it's, it takes everything I have to do to stay active and to get up out of the chair and do the things that I do. I love running for office because I'm out on the road and I'm doing yeah. this stuff, man. And, I mean, it's it's pretty hard. Well, it sounds awesome. to me like you need to cross the freeway because we we have, like, <laughs> 74, 80-year-olds 80, 80 in here. We have everybody. It sounds like you just need to cross the freeway and come over and see us. We just never can tell because yeah. I'm, I use a, I'm with some people over in the in the woodlands that I went back to and uh, who have got me on a regimen that I started that, that's up perfect. and this thing happened. That's perfect. And so, but, you know, it's we all could lose a little bit of weight. and um, But I tell you, in the just the strengthening my body, to do what I do, um, I, you know, you have to just, you got to stay active, man. Yeah. Otherwise, you, your brain will shut down, everything will. But then you take a, something like this and you throw it into a group of people um, who have are automatically are highly, or have the highest exposure because of their lack of, of uh, ability to, 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 um, to resist the, the virus. Yeah. Next thing you know, man, it's attached to them, and they die. And then they get reported as a COVID death. Correct. When actually, they died of diabetes. Diabetes, hypertension, all that That's stuff. That's right. It pushed them over the edge. My mother, to give you an idea, my mother, when she was 69, 
she died of cancer. She had multiple myeloma. She was on chemotherapy 10 years. She survived with it and was in remission. I'm here in Houston. My father calls me. You need to get up here right now. Your mother is passing. What? I jump in the car. I get there. She'd already passed. You know what she died of? Pneumonia. But the cancer, she her body couldn't resist it. Yeah. That's what's going on with this. So health is the biggest deal. I, I have uh, a couple stories I'll tell you when we get further down the line. Yeah. Especially some funny stuff like that. But uh, I definitely understand where you're coming from on it. It's just, it's, it blows my mind. When I was telling you about numbers, I want you to hear these numbers. We've got... This as of today, correct? Yeah. Yeah, these are current. This is hospitalized right now, today. As of yesterday, we haven't got the new numbers till 3 o'clock today. We have 53 people hospitalized. And of the total active cases, we have 1,923. 1900 with, out of with with the people that's right with the people hospitalized remember you got 617,000 people in Montgomery County and of that Montgomery County you've got t- the total amount of cases so far is 6510 and so you've got a total you got 77 deaths let me do the math you're at 99 that's right or 99% recovery yeah, ninety nine point nine now. That's is what, right, man. I'm telling you, I, uh, it's my, amazing. On my personal social media today, I posted, and I and I'm not a big fan of Bloomberg, but uh, I actually used Bloomberg to prove a point. Bloomberg put out this morning that the WHO uh, says that COVID has a point point six fatality rate, mortality rate. I was like, we're we're killing our entire country for point six of a percent. So, Hank, what does that tell you? Uh, people are stupid. It's not about the. It's not. It's kind of. It's kind of like some of these recent activities, in these protests. It's not about racism. No. It's about power and control, and this whole issue right here is. It's. I said it the other day when I was when I invited the Republican Party to come to Texas. Absolutely, I was so happy. <laughs> I mean, I mean to come up to Montgomery County. I couldn't believe. It. I wish they would have come. We had the place to do it. We figured it out, but. But the point was, was that they had a, a spontaneous 60,000 person, 60,000 person demonstration. And I support their freedom to demonstrate Absolutely. freely. I, Absolutely. It's a First Amendment right. But political speech is a First Amendment right. And what they did, they let 60,000 people do it. And just a few weeks later, you got 6,500 to 7,000 people who have agreed, planned three years in advance, who have agreed to all the CDC guidelines. They were going to have thermal imaging for temperature. I mean, the whole deal. In, an, uh, in a place, 6,500 to 7, remember the other was 60,000. We're talking 7,000. In an auditorium, in a place, not an auditorium, but in a place that holds 50,000 people. Are and you was, kidding me? And it was declined. And he was just said, we can't do it because of health reasons. That's nonsense. That was a political stunt on the part of the Houston mayor. Period. I worked with him in the House of Representatives. I know him. Good guy. Fun guy. In fact, the matter is, he knew what he was doing. It was a pure political stunt. It was a move. To, yeah. uh, to, to, to put a kink in what the Republican Party of Texas was doing. Man, I, I'm so happy I'm getting here. I'm, like, I'm, I'm just absorbing information. That's just, I love it. This is the real deal. This, yeah. is, this, is, these are, this is what's going on, man. I mean, it's, it's a... Uh, and every day, I, I if if we watch in the evening, Kim and I will maybe have Fox, and I come home, and I come home late a lot of times. But I come home, and she'll be watching either Fox or, or One American News or some some conservative internet on her iPhone or whatever. And and even with the conservatives, remember, I, I tell Kim, remember, radio stations, TV stations, are a profit for profit organization. They're a business. All That's day. right. So they're going to keep things as stirred up as anybody on this stuff, and they keep reporting on this stuff, even though they take the conservative side. They're still presenting this stuff, you know, and it's it's so painful. But you sit there and you watch this, and you go, you've got to be kidding me, man. And, and it's the average guy out there who's listening to CNN, MSNBC, you know, CBS, whatever. Those guys are markedly liberal. And I mean beyond liberal. They are progressive. And there is an agenda, I believe, behind all of this to, um, for us to, to break down the will and the mindset of the American people. You take that, and then you throw demonstrations into it, and then you take the potential for financial disaster. You come to a place where people are so feeling oppressed and are so overwhelmed, they say, 
just fix it, I'll go with any government. Absolutely. You're, you're, you're basically going, hey, let's throw everything into chaos and turmoil and they go, here's your lifeline. You just have to That's right. bend to our will. That's right. And I, I just can't do it. No, me either. I'm not, I'm not, won't do it. I'm not capable. No, no. I, I, I walked into, I thought it was really fascinating yesterday. I walked into the academy looking for some. I got some kids from out of town, my family's. So, excuse me, we're out of town. And I went in there, and I always go by the gun section. I always look over by the guns, Second Amendment stuff. And sure enough, you should, it's empty. Yeah. And there were a few guns down here, some off-brands down here. It's gone. They're gone. Yes, sir. It's kind of like back in our previous regime before Trump and Obama was president. And, I, man, I'll tell you, it was early on. I made sure I had all my stuff. I started trying to buy ammo. Oh. I thought... Surely he has an investment in these ammo companies. Somebody They're does. selling so fast. Somebody does. I, I, I jokingly post, I, I show my friends around here, I try to stay out of the political argument yeah. on social yeah. media. Yeah. Being a business owner, you don't want to offend people. No. You want to keep the, the no. revenue stream coming in. Sure. But in here, when I'm not posting something, I will show somebody something and I will die laughing. But uh, it was uh, Joe Biden's uh, post like three days ago and it says, I will ban assault weapons. And I'm like, they're already banned. That's like bet. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> no, no joke. No joke. It's like Beto. I'm, I'm, I'm coming for your AR-15s. I'm I mean, an avid shooter. I actually build AR-15s. Yeah. I, I love yeah. it. I, yeah. I build them for my friends. Yeah. Uh, my my for Christmas, my my three nephews, Wade, Cutter, and Eli. I got them AR-15 lowers with their names engraved in them, and has the company logo on them. Has my skull and wreath on That's there. That's awesome. And uh, their dad went out and got them the kits, and I actually built their AR-15s in front of them for Christmas. That's awesome. And when I took them out there, and sh- they all got to shoot. Isn't that cool? I loved it. It was amazing. It was one of the best. It is amazing. That, that's awesome. And Good so when you see, like, Beto and all these guys, it's just you watch this just idiocy come out of uh, a certain party that, like, you're, you're not American. You're, just, you're being un-American with trying to say hey we're going to do this we're going to take away these freedoms these uh rights that are given to you by that's right and and we're going to shut you up correct you know on our whether it's college campuses whether it's in public meetings whether it's churches you know these are fundamental rights that are not given to us by government they're given to us by god Correct. As, as stated in our Declaration of Independence, we have certain inalienable rights, man, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And the pursuit of happiness is it's not... It's literally it, every hashtag I put on my stuff. Yeah, but it, it's, not the, it's not the ability to go buy jet skis, although that's the, although that's the extension of it. The, 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 here's something real interesting. In, when the Founding Fathers were coming out with the, with the Declaration of Independence, it was life, liberty, and property. It got changed in the Articles of Confederation. Why? Because many of these guys understood what family passing on of property did to undermine the little guy in Europe. That's why they had these surf, you know, they had all these serfs that worked for them. Correct. That was through family passing on property. So they changed that and they said life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, which the actual words mean to create an environment for yourself where you can prosper can personally be successful fulfill your purpose and the purpose of your family that's what that means so when they when these guys are 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 taking those things away from us they don't have the right to do that those were granted to us by god he gave us those we have life because god breathes life into us we have liberty because let me tell you free, the liberty and the our nation as a nation that is one of the first we forget, we we talk about the the evil of the past in slavery. Everybody had slaves. I don't care what country you were. Everybody had slaves. The difference is is that we ended slavery. England ended slavery. Yes. We ended them first. We recognized it. Our fathers recognized that there is an inconsistency here with what we believe as as our our as a nation, and we are under our own form of slavery here under. Um, King George, who had put all these things against us, which 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 gives us the 24 points, 24, 25 points that are in the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. Fascinating stuff. 
And then we transform it. We could become our own country. And then we realize the fallacy that is life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness with owning people and, and uh, the abolishment of slavery and finally the ending of slavery, the ending of segregation and, and all that stuff. So I'm very like, you know, I follow this well, stuff. Well, that's, that's why I'm sitting here and I watch these, these, um, these arguments and, and, and these protests. And it's kind of like I look at, um, I say, well, 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 well ha- hang on a second. You talk about this racism. Has anybody heard of the Civil War? How about the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment? How about ending Jim Crow laws and, and, and eliminating segregation? How about our president for eight years? How about affirmative action? Mm-hmm. Okay, we're there. This is not the issue. Y'all know it. We know it. The issue is control. Control. Power. Media. Always one of the things. Isn't that interesting? Man. So with that understanding, um, we, we watch in our here in Montgomery County as the chief operating officer, really. That's what the county judge does in our size county in that I'm over Homeland Security. That's my, my direct care is Homeland Security, emergency management. Um, I'm um, with the commissioner's court. I'm the chief presiding officer in the commissioner's court where all four areas of the county come together and we decide where we need to do roads, bridges, our sheriff's office, our constables. All that is under the care of the county judge and oversight with four commissioners, we each have an equal vote on the court when it comes to those things. But uh, the way I look at it is, is that there's a reason why Montgomery County is a red county. We are conservative, and we hold conservative values, and those have to do with where our family, where we, uh, we want Montgomery County to be a place where you play together, you pray together, you enjoy your family, your home, and you have fundamental rights that you're not trying to perpetrate on anybody else, but you're not going to take those away from me. That's, yeah, so, I love I that. Mean, that's, that's our position. That's my position. Well, like I told you before, like my uncle, who's my, you know, my legal representation when all this uh, stuff kicked off, you know, we talk about uh, Montgomery County being the last of the conservative strongholds yeah. in the state. And I'm very lucky and very blessed to have a home here. And, and I grew up uh, the second part of my childhood here and, I only left for a little bit and came back, and I just love it. And now, like, uh, a buddy of mine who lives in Harris County, he's like, hey, let's go over here. And, like, like you need to have a mask. Like, they're being just ultra strict about it. And I was like, you know what, man? I'll just go back to Montgomery County. I'm good. Let me tell you, that whole mask deal, that's, that is, it's really something. And, you know, the CDC guideline, we quote these like they're the Bible. And the, they're just guidelines. And the C, that's right. And the CISA guidelines, which were the ones, the guidelines from the Cyber Internet Security Group, these essential businesses, they established. So when they, when the stay-at-home orders and everything, they decided who was an essential business and who wasn't. And the third paragraph into the document, this is just a guide. All jurisdictions are different. You have to decide on a local level what you're going to do. And, you know, I'm looking at all this two and a half weeks into our stay-at-home order, watching the numbers, we had projected eight. The, our, our people told me we had the potential with the model to have 100,000 cases in Montgomery County in the month of April. And it was at the end of March I came out with my order. And because of that is when they told me. And then halfway through April... The governor had come out with his GA-14 in his order, and I'm thinking, this ain't right. We're not even close. We're not approaching it. What's going on here? And about that time, I got. I said, it's time for us to get under the governor. So we went under GA-14. I pulled down my order completely because I knew the governor was moving in the direction of opening up Texas. And when he was going to do that, I wanted to make sure that we had everything in place. Our order's gone. No questions. Everybody knows. I went online. I put out a video, this is what we're going to do. And you can go to to Marquio County Judge, and if you go there, you see all my videos, and we'll kind of give you, I was looking at them the other day, it's kind of a history of of what's going on here. And that's actually when I was figuring out how I was going to do this, that's kind of one of the things, a tool that I use to research how I want to process it, because when my shutdown happened uh, March 19th, we were in business at the new new spot for about three weeks. Um, and so it happened finally, you know, he's like, well, when the governor came out and said, we're going to start opening up and the, you know, the president said, uh, 
physical fitness centers, gyms are supposed to be part of phase one. And then the governor put us at phase three. I was like, you know what? April 30th, we're opening up. I don't care. I not only from, I didn't do it for money. I did it for the members. I did it for the people that pay to be in here. Sure. Because mental health is so tied to physical fitness and physical health. That, I mean, we were all stuck at home. We were all putting on weight. We were all drinking, making bad decisions. I'm like, we've got to get some normalcy That's back. Right. That's right. So one of the other things I want to talk about is, you know, the people, the average person, they don't understand. They think you're just doling out an order and it's not going to affect you. You don't, you don't have the personal tie to it. I want to talk about your personal struggles of enforcing the stay-at-home order. Sure. Forcing business goals. What, what in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, what were you feeling when you had to do that? Well, I initially, we came out with a with an initial order, really before anybody else, but it was an order that gave the freedom to the people. We are asking you to do these things. We believe Montgomery County, and I usually would say this, I mean, we are, Montgomery County is a virtuous, good people. And we shouldn't have to put laws and orders in place for you to protect your, your brother or, why should I have a law that says don't run over my neighbor's mailbox? But you know, there's a law that says that. Uh, it's a is. federal law. Yeah, it's crazy. Why should I have to have that? If I'm doing a republic, as we know it, Hank, cannot exist without people governing themselves. It can't. It can't, yeah. Otherwise, you create more and more and more laws for every little instance until they can't be kept. And that's when totalitarian regimes come in and take over because it's, it's lawless. They've got to get control. And nobody's paying attention to this because we don't have a consistent... Um, agreed upon value system that we had previous to taking prayer out of public schools and to the abortion issues of the early 70s. When we did those things, and taking God out of the, um, and, and the prayer out of the public school, people go, well, you can pray. You know, Well, surely you can. But what we taught our children was that God no longer is essential to the educational enterprise. Yes. That's what we taught them. God's not a part of this anymore. Yeah. And then when you come out with the, such a low view of life and the followers of Margaret Sanger and those people on the whole abortion issue, we, we are telling the world that life is, life is not meaningful to us. When you take a baby, who's regardless of how you feel, the, the document, the science is there that when, a, 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 when there is a conceived egg in a mother's womb, that is a human being. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I mean, it just breaks your heart. And and so these issues are huge issues. Well, anyway, when, oh. when when we as it came down to this particular order that I came out with, I'm expecting the people to be virtuous and to follow it. And it was like we didn't even come out with it. Now, meanwhile, City of Houston and I talk with the judge down there. She'll call me before she does stuff. I mean, it's pretty interesting, even oh, really? though I don't agree with her. And I tell her sometimes, Judge, you've lost your mind. Don't do that. It's so funny. And she'll go, but Judge, I just i am so concerned about these lives. Okay. Okay. I don't know what I can do. But then she puts these orders out. And her order, when I read it, I thought, you got to be kidding me. She shut down the world, shut down churches. No second, not zero Second Amendment stuff. And so I thought that. And then when I, once I pushed over the edge to decide to do it, it was hard for me to do Hank. I knew I was going to fade heat from the far, far, or, or hard libertarian or conservative people. Oh, you but, faded some heat from me because I yeah, put it I'm, out. I yeah, put it on you. I, I'm, I'm, I, I get it. Yeah. But you know what? In my heart, in my mind, it was about, I can't personally save the economy, and I've got to believe somebody. And my president is sending hospital ships to New York. There's something here. Yeah. But I watched it close. Two and a half weeks later, it was gone. You realize that's how fast it came oh, and gone? I'm, I'm, I watched the numbers, and I came out with it. We're ready, Governor. Let's go. And then the governor slow plays the opening. Yes. That's when I came out with my deal. Come on, Governor. And hairstylists. Yeah. I mean, it was beyond belief to me. Uh, well, he, he, you know, Governor Abbott, he, he slow played everybody. He, he had news conference to announce he was going to have more news conferences. 
And that that just irks me because that's bureaucracy at its best. Well, if you recall, and what I said was I said, Governor, you need to do this right now. You're, if, if we're opening up 25% now, it's going to be another two weeks for 50. It's going to be two months before we open. It's too late in two months. No, it's, it's, it was. And so, so, but again, it, it's we. And then we got into that that argument about hairstylists and yeah. whatnot. But but it was ridiculous. We're picking and choosing. Are you telling me? Are you telling me right now under the, the governor's order that a fifty that a, that a place that sells fifty one percent or more alcohol is more susceptible to passing COVID or receiving COVID than a big box store that I can go up right now and show you is, is loaded with people. And you're weekend. walking, pack, walking pack. down aisles, it, it, touching each it's other. It's mind-boggling in that there's an agenda behind that. Absolutely, there's an agenda behind it. Oh, yeah. And, and it's not necessarily the liberal or the Democrat. But now we're talking about lobbyists. We're talking about big companies. I mean, huge national companies that stand to, they will have a benefit when these two-thirds of the microbreweries are going out of business in Texas. Mm -hmm. Two-thirds. Oh, yeah. You got your winery, wine tasting. That's a huge business. People can't go and do that now. Yeah. uh, I've got a lot of friends that own uh, bars, and I've got friends of mine that uh, work for these distilleries and breweries and things like that. Yeah. And, And they're very affected by it, but like, when you came out and you challenged the governor and you say, hey, we need to open up, what has blown my mind, this whole thing, is we plexiglass the entire world. We, we, we hand sanitize the entire world. We're, we're all being forced to wear a mask according to the quote-unquote sure. the law, which is not even a law, it's an order. Um, and I'm going to tell you what it actually says. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But we're we're handing off food that we're going home to cook and also we're handing it to somebody who's sitting there barehanding and all of stuff. We're making people wear gloves that don't know how to wear gloves. You see people driving down the road with masks on and have their gloves on while they're driving. It's such a gross misinformation about how to do things correctly that um, I'll have one on me here. I, there's a there's a, a K95 yeah. here, yeah, yeah. but. Um, that's a surgical mask. That's, yeah. not, that's not an N95. Okay, you're right. That's, a, that's the K. Yeah. Oh, the K95. Gotcha. Yeah, it's K95. I suppose to N, yeah. And then um, people that are going around wearing crocheted masks and and these the thing, I, I say it's, it's made out of your leftover drawers. That's what it looks like. Yeah. And so I just, this misinformation, I'm like, if you're going to do this across the board, you need to go, hey, this is the, the, the line. And so far, the line is literally just up and down. It's unenforceable. I asked Judge Hidalgo down in Houston, and I said to her, when she, was, she came out with her original mask order, I said, Judge, tell me, how are you going to enforce a mask order on 4.5 million Harris County residents? How do you do that, number one? I'll number two, can. what do you do if they don't do it? Here's what we concluded. Here's what the law says. The governor came out against that. And then he came out in favor of it. He was under so much pressure, he flipped. Yeah. And then he came out and said, look, because of the hair deal that happened previously, you cannot arrest, you cannot detain, but you will get on your second warning a $250 fine. Our sheriff, smart people, our sheriff and our district attorney are sitting, remember, whenever, whenever they come out with an order, first question is, Can you if we're going to enforce it, how do we do that? Well, that's why all these sheriffs all over Texas says, we're not going to enforce that. How can we enforce it? You said we have to give them a $250 fine, second warning, but we can't arrest and we can't detain. How do you give somebody a citation without detaining them? He's going to walk down you and can't. just hand them out? Or? No, you can't. Yeah, you can't. You can't. I mean, and I believe it's intentionally written that way. I do. So that it doesn't become an issue, but it satisfies one group and the other group. But, but what we see... What we see is when when the governor comes out, and, I, and I'm, I've worked with the governor, I, I have supported the governor, I have stumped on bills in the House of Representatives for him, I've had campaigns because he asked me to when no one was running against me. I've done all this, and I sit there and I watch these orders that he says verbally you have to do this. I always go and check the order itself because they're different. Yes. This is the problem. People don't won't read it, and I understand it's a lot of it's in legalese. It's hard to understand. I'm not going to wade through that, 
and they're telling you you can't. I'm, people are still saying you can't wear a mask outside. I said to somebody, do you understand what the order is? It said the order says that if you are in a public place, okay, a public place, and you can't keep a distance from those people, then you, where our suggestion is to wear a mask. This idea of enforcing it as if they don't. I've walked in, we, and, and I'm gonna tell you what else, it's given us a false sense of security. Correct. It was so funny, I walked in with my son over to one of the restaurants over on Hughes Landing. And as soon as you walk in, you got a mask on, okay. And you wear a mask from the time you come in to where you go sit down. Mm-hmm. I mean, are you kidding me? But anyway, that's what they all do. I go there and I sit and I'm watching. I got up, went and washed my hands. I do that anyway and always have. My wife was a big believer in that. Nothing wrong with that. She got me trained on that early on, my wife did. This is what wives are for, they're good at training us. (laughs) So we go, I go and I'm watching. I came back and intentionally watched what people were doing. They'd take their mask off, shake hands, sit down, hug. They'd never get up to go clean their hands or even any hand sanitizer that I could see. Maybe they did, but I didn't see them. And it was over 50% capacity. And I'm sitting there watching all this stuff, and I'm thinking, okay, if it's hand sanitizer, washing hands, social distance, and masks, you guys, the governor is saying, everybody, if you'll just wear masks, he threatened economic sanctions, basically, is what it comes down to, if if we didn't have masks. Mm -hmm. And when he said, why won't you come up with another statewide order, he said, because I can't get the county judges to enforce it. I can't get the people to do what I'm telling them to do. Because it, it doesn't make it's sense. Ridic- no. It doesn't make any sense. And here's another thing about masks. If you can smell coffee, I got news for you. you the virus is going to get that's in. That's right. You're, it's in. I, I, so. It's a little crass, but uh, I, I sent it to my wife, and she laughed and told me I was disgusting. But I'm like, if uh, you pass gas and it gets through two butt cheeks, underwear, and a pair of jeans... Uh, your mask ain't going to save you, you know, from a, a that's, virus. That was how I originally heard it. And I thought, what could I substitute for that? And I thought, <laughs> yeah. you smell coffee at a yeah, restaurant. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So that, 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 that's, that's been the funny part about this whole thing. I've just been making jokes. Don't get me wrong. Sure. I, if you get coronavirus and you are one of those people, the the point zero 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 one percent that has the anomaly that you are severely affected by it and you're a healthy person, I'm, I'm, my how about schools? How about schools being shut down? I mean, you got to be kidding me! Well, was, but, but they have till the eighth. Curtis and all, and I, I stay in touch with what he's. He's a good guy. Our our Conroe Penn School District got sixty six thousand people in it. Can you believe wow, that? Wow! Just the school district, teachers, students, everybody. So we're talking about a lot of people here, and a lot of different opinions. Then you got the Texas Education Association which is not exactly the reddest group on the planet here. Absolutely. Pushing their agenda. You got the governor on what, you got all these different things. And remember, education state, that doesn't, I don't order them. I can't order them to do stuff, but they're always checking and we're always talking together. So after they decided to do this, I got the telephone call. It wasn't before. It was, they, it was afterwards and to open up on September 8th. Okay, but man, September 8th is it. It's got to be. Yeah, you know, and and I I think it's happened. You're gonna see it more and more. Well, let me let me ask you a question. Are sure. you are do you think being in your particular position, do you think we'll ever see uh, what our normal was again, or do you think it's going to be continue <clears throat> to be this uh, totalitarian feel? Well, I. I don't know. It all depends on who's in charge. That's for sure. But it still it still depends on the people. You know what concerns me, Hank. Really concerns me is how acclimated people are becoming to this intrusion. Um, how acclimated are they becoming wearing masks? I mean, I it's you, you wear a mask and you walk outside. You don't even think about taking it off. They go to their cars. They get in their car. They're by themselves. Yeah. And I'm sitting, how is it that you could become so acclimated? They've adjusted their brains. And it's a, it's a across-the-board group think that has, and it's almost like a deception. It's not just about masks, but about many things that have just overwhelmed this um, society. But you know, let me give you something on this. They're in the Old Testament, okay. Okay, this is the pastor end of it. Okay. In the Old Testament, in Leviticus and in Deuteronomy, there is the announcement 
where God is telling the children of Israel when they get ready to go into the promised land, if you will do certain things, you're going to be successful. In other words, if you follow my ways and you, and, you, and you live by my wisdom, if you look at life from my perspective, I'm going to give you success in your families, in your homes. I'm going to give you success in your businesses. You will lend it to nations. You will be the head and they will be the tail. You will not live in fear of armies coming against you. If you just follow me, which was what uh, the way our country started. Mm-hmm. Watch this. Then it says in the curses, but if you don't, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. You know one of the things says will happen? You will run when no one is chasing you. You will live in fear. It's so much so that a leaf will be rattling on the ground and it will cause you to shake and run in fear. Correct. What are we doing? We are living in fear. Absolutely. Over something. Are you kidding me? Listen to this. Between September 29th of 2019 and the middle of May, there was, I had gotten a report that there was like 10,200 deaths from the flu. And so I had my team, I said, look, I'm going to fact check this. I want to make sure this is correct. Because by this time, we're looking at about 2,200 in Texas. Um, This was all about Texas, about 2,200 in Texas who had died from COVID. Well, it turns out it was like 8,200 and something number, 8,220 or something, of people who died from just the normal flu. Well, during that same period, it was like 2,200. Now, obviously, it's gotten more. Yes. But even so, I guarantee you, flu has gotten more, too. And with all the inaccuracies and all of the misinformation and testing and the rest, I mean, there's people who have died. When, you, when somebody says they were in the hospital with comorbidities, well, they were, it's possible they were already there. They were going to die. This one guy who was 49 years old had stomach issues, blockage, had it for 10 years, went in, was dealing with that, happened to be tested positive for COVID, but, and then he died. So what is that? That's a COVID death. I was so angry when I saw that. It's well, not a COVID death. And so we're attributing things to, to COVID that are not COVID. Well, I, I said I would bring this up because I actually know two personal friends of mine. They are first responders. They told me these stories. One was like two weeks ago. And the other one told me yesterday. The one yesterday, my buddy is an HPD officer. He works in uh, the 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 Acres Homes areas. And yeah, like no right where it's at. Uh, he was involved in a... A guy was in a hit and run, a uh, intoxicated manslaughter case. Yeah. The guy that was the the victim, the person that was hit, ended up losing his leg and having a massive hematoma. His entire midsection was just swelled up with blood, all that stuff. Um, he died from that car accident. They tested him. Oh, he died he te- of coronavirus. He, he tested positive for COVID. On the death certificate, because they were pursuing uh, intoxicated manslaughter charges against the person who hit him, who was intoxicated and killed him while driving, they listed cause of death COVID. Additional, on the bottom side of it, was subdural hematoma. And it's like, no, 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 these are swapped. And he went toe-to-toe with uh, the doctor over there. And the doctor screamed, and they called the orderlies. They called the local uh, hospital security to pull my buddy, who's an officer, out. And he chewed out his supervisor and all that stuff. And I'm like, that is wrong. It's an agenda. And somebody's going to get off scot-free right. because of this. How can you have less than 1% or right at 1% mortality? This could be liberal, 1% mortality rate. Yeah. 99% recovered. You say 98 and a half or 98 and and you in order to have that this is the kind of stuff that needs to take place when the governor did contact tracing and they came out with a whole new set of standards and definitions of how they were going to categorize these and that you could be a probable just because you were in an area yes, sir. that and be counted as a COVID case. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's like we have an agenda to drive up these numbers so the economy will crater so we can figure out a way to get rid of our current regime. And that's, at the end of the day, I think that's that's what this is all about. And it wouldn't surprise me a bit if after the election, regardless of who wins, much of this will change. And it blows my mind. It's like, 
I, I tell people all the time, I didn't vote for Donald Trump. Right. I also didn't vote for Hillary. I, right. I, I voted I I, Gary Johnson. Yeah. Um, I, I believe in independent thought. Mm-hmm. I believe, you know, there's two sides. There's three sides of everything. His side, her side, and the truth. And so, <laughs> way I look at it was, I was like, I can't vote for either of these. And I'm not going to vote for the lesser of two evils. Now, this time around, I can't vote for someone who I think has very questionable tendencies with uh, young people, with women, things like that. I'm not going to say that particular word because I don't want that out there. That's that's negative energy, but I can't vote for that person. So I will be voting for Trump just because I'm like, this is... It's just I I don't see how there's any choice for a a conservative, um, even for the libertarian. And how many Democrats are coming over? It's amazing. More than I mean, it's just amazing because this lawlessness that's going on and the taking over of federal buildings. And I mean, I was looking today. Still, I don't know how many days it is, in in out in Washington. There's still the Chaz or Chop or whatever they're calling it. It's mind-boggling. Yeah, and they're just getting away with it. And the first things they did was set up a perimeter, set up a border, arm the guards. It's amazing how that works, isn't it? Hmm, I thought y'all were about love and peace. Come on, it's crazy. So, you know, we talk about, like, the future. What does the future of Montgomery County look like with you at the helm? I believe that Montgomery County is slowly becoming a regional leader. I really do. And I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. I love doing what I do. Um, Hank, this might be the coolest thing I ever did, and I've done some cool stuff. <laughs> I've had a car dealership. I, you know, I'm, I'm all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And and in the church, and to be able to do it with the church, and that's so funny because people say, "How are you going to be a county judge and be the pastor of a church?" I was only asked one time in nine forums when I was running. I said, "Thank you for asking." Nobody's asked me, and I, I said, "Trust me, you want me to be the pastor." It's my moral compass. I can go south with the best of them. Because I'm looking <laughs> over here as if I'm talking to those people. Absolutely, yeah, no, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and but I, you know, and I've got good people that work at the church, and so far it's worked. And the church is six and a half years old, but but my I, my my inclination is is to continue to to stay the course, and I really do. This is nothing noble for me. I have learned in my life, Hank, that that God. Is as if you, Bible says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. He's just saying, look, if you start looking at life from my perspective, I created all this. I know what's going on. I understand what's going on behind the scenes. You walk in my ways. I'll protect you from the snare of the trapper, Psalm 91, and from noisome pestilence. Do you know what noisome pestilence is? That's no. disease. The world we live in. <laughs> no, it's disease. Yeah. It's talking about pandemics. Yeah. And then he says, and, um, and later, the, the arrow that flies by day, I'll protect you, or for, you will not be touched by it, nor for the destruction that wastes at noonday, it says, and from the disease that exists and spreads in the night. This is COVID, man. And I sit there, and when we're at our church, we pray, say, God, give our people safety, protect our people. Protect the people of Montgomery County. Please, Lord, no, don't get, no more deaths. We're doing the right things. A healthy community must have healthy economics. Correct. I mean, it's a it's it's almost a no brainer. And we're sitting there and we and we're, we want to shut everything down, protect people. What about that single mom, man? That's now without a job. She can't mm-hmm. put gas in her car. She's got two kids, and she needs food. A mortgage, rent, food. Yeah. Help me with this, yeah. guys that want to close everything down. It doesn't work that way. It's not going away. It's going to be with us, and we just need to figure out a way to. And 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 what's the worst thing that can happen? You not you get it and and you recover. Yeah, you get it, recover. Even though some of our our most challenged people aren't, and our heart breaks for them, and I mean that. But it's a. Uh, you know, in my judgment, I think that there's a great future in Montgomery County. We need to stay the course. I, I, people are coming from other counties to shop here mm-hmm. and to do business here, and they're moving here. We get a lot of business from Harris County. This At, at the gym, we get a lot of business from Harris People who don't want to wear the mask, people who don't want to wear gloves. That's right. People who want to feel normal. That's right. And I'm like, I, I accept them with open arms. I'm That's like, awesome. come on, 
Let's do this. That's awesome, man. And, 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 you know, we talk about Montgomery County. What's the future of the state look like? The state of Texas, I mean, I mean, and, and, again, this is you your know, vision. I, well, here's the deal. You know, when I went to the House of Representatives, my first session, the 84th session, I was there, 84th and 85th. In the 84th session, I went in there. We had a majority a, a, of, of the Republican. We had a 40-person Republican majority. Today, it's nine. A majority of nine. Now, remember, how local government goes is how national or if, if our local government here determines what happens over at the state. What happens at the state determines at the national level. And we, we I don't see the state turning blue, but I got to tell you, the practices that we are capitulating to, that we are giving into, is mind-boggling to me. And a bunch of a bunch of mayors from liberal blue cities contacted the governor. The next thing you know, he's putting on a mask order. Yeah, that was that bothered me. I was like, "Well, whose team are you on, man? What are we doing here? Come on!" And then he keeps talking about health, the health officials, the health officials. You know what I say about that? We have to have that. We need people that know what they're talking about. However, they are not the ones we elected. You. Period. We elected you. We gave you, Governor. So you're unfortunately, I hate to do this to you, but you've got to bring the balance between the business community, the health community, and what these people are telling you. And you're going to have to figure out the balance between people on the other side of the aisle and on your side of the aisle. And that's the romance of the whole deal of leadership in a republic. It's the dichotomy of leadership. That's, that's right, man. And the way you do that, and you don't have to do it by lying. What people want to see is a straight line. And, and, and not capitulating to my donors or to my those who are individuals who endorse me. So that half the time my conservative buds are mad at me. Period. Because I'm, I'm not putting my brain on the shelf. And just because I get endorsed by somebody does not mean... That's the biggest problem with running... You know, when you think about when you run for office... I want... You're, I'm like you. We like doing business with people we like and people who support us. Correct. But you know what? Sometimes, even though you receive money from these people, what they what they're trying to get done, you can't support. And when I have found that in the House of Representatives, I would go to these lobbyists and I would talk to them. I'll never forget. I went to this one guy and said, "Look, man, I, I, you know I'd support you any way I could, and I'd like to support people who support me, and we have an easy relationship." But on this one, I got to tell you, man, I'm on the other side of the aisle. Just want you to know ahead of time, Keo, you got a lot of class. Thanks for telling me nowadays but th those people like that aren't around anymore people say you got a lot of class that people understand that no man they, they'll hold your feet to the fire and they'll try and run you out but you know here at the end of the day hank the scripture teaches this there is no authority that is established on earth that, that is not established by god god raises up kings and takes down kings and puts people in positions of authority and the book of daniel says and no man can thwart his hand. God is able to raise up the humble and take down the proud. At the end of the day, God is the one who does it. And so that's why it says in the New Testament, pray for those in authority. Why? So that it might go well with you. In other words, Lord, help them, man. Don't, don't make me be the part of you teaching them a lesson here. Let's, heavy's you the know head, what I'm saying? Heavy's the head that wears the crown, but everybody wants to wear the crown until they get it, and then... You know, you, you definitely want to go, hey, this person's looking out for it. And that, that's the one thing, like, again, looking at what we deal with, so many people want Donald Trump to fail. I'm like, you understand he's the captain of the boat. If he goes down. You go down, too. You go down. You might be going down swinging, but you're still going down. The boat's going to sink. That's exactly right, brother. And that's what, you know, if you read the book of Daniel, it's just such a great book. Because yeah. in that book, in the first five, six chapters, a pagan king says, let me tell you a story of what happened to me. You, you need to read it. Because it's a story about how God raises up kings and takes down kings. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and he's the one that come, ultimately comes to the conclusion about the one true God. And no one can thwart his hand. So, you know, I look at it from my position and where I'm headed and 
whatever that might be. I, I just say to the Lord, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And I'm not saying this nobly. I, I really mean this. This is really who I am. You know, trust so. me, I, getting to know you and bumping into you and, and mentioning this podcast, you know, like, I'd love to. When we actually get to scale. I, I see the honesty in you. I see the, the truth well, in you. I, I appreciate this. What I really do believe, man. People around me, they'll tell you. So I told you I was going to surprise you with, at the end of this with a couple questions. Okay. I figured I could do this. What is the future with you? What is the future with you as a judge? What plans do you have? I have, my plans are to stay the course right here where I'm at, I, and, and this is what I have done. I would have never, ever thought about running for the county judge, ever. And just some things came up that it was, it, we kind of moved in that direction. My chief of staff did a little research. Next thing you know, here I am. And that's how God brings things to me. Every time I strive for stuff, I mean, it, it's just, it, I just can't quite get there. But what I have found in my life. Uh, he deals with different people different ways. And he, I think he takes high energy, high achievers, and he slows them down, man. He says, you wait on me. And so what he does That's is... That's what he and, did with me. Yeah. And, and, look, and look, look at this fabulous place. This is awesome. This place is awesome, <laughs> man. I'm telling you. I'm so excited to tell other people about it. But I as appreciate I, But that. as I sit here and in the scheme of things, you know, I... I'm, my goal is to stay the course of what God has called me to do. I've got through uh, 2022. I've been in 19. It's a four-year term. And uh, we'll, we'll jump on uh, in, uh, in the future here and, and just continue to do what we're doing until the Lord moves me in a different direction or maybe there's somebody better or somebody run against me or whatever. But at the end of the day, I believe this is where God wants me to be. And, if, and, and I have woken up in the morning a couple times early on Lord, I'm not going into work. I can't believe I've done this to myself. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing it. It's kind of like and you he get goes, up and go. He goes, "Come on, dude, calm down. I'm here." Yeah, I'm telling you. And man, I, I tell you, it is the it is a very exciting thing to be able to do what I do for this county. Well, I have a I have a personal hope, and it, and it came out of your your video when you're talking about picking winners and losers. And how you, you stood up for the business and you said it's not right. I really want you to run for governor. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I, Hank, I'm flattered. And I really am and I appreciate that. But i got to tell you, man, that's not on my radar. Yeah. And, uh, but it's not on my radar. And because I believe you, you're an athlete. I look at what you've done here. Focus. That's how it's done. And so my goal and my priority is Montgomery County. And um, at, at this stage, I'll do whatever God wants me to do. I will say that. Um, but at this point, it's not on my radar. And I'm, But I'm deeply flattered that you would think that. Uh, I was like, please run for governor. Please. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> Thank you. There's, there's great guys out there that would do a great job. And you know what? We need to pray for our governor. And, and, uh, and I do. Because when, we vote, when I voted for him, and, and when I supported him and he asked me to do some things, I did them as a state rep. And, uh, you know, so I'm a little bit perturbed right now because he hasn't done some of the things that I necessarily think he should. But you know what? God can change his heart, too. The Bible says the king's heart is in the hands of the Lord. He turns it like a river, so wherever he will. Wow. Yeah. That's in the scripture. No, I, I've, so I've God read can it. change his heart. And uh, and so we need to pray for our leaders, you know. So but at this point, I'm 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 good right where I'm at and doing what God wants me to do. Plus, I'm learning, learning. It's a constant learning curve. Man, I got to tell you, this is probably one of the highlights of me getting to do this. Well, bless I love you, it, man. man. I, I appreciate it so much. I mean, this has been very exciting. Well, to, I think what we're going to do is is um, I'm going to make sure whenever we post this up, I'm going to have you know your Facebook on there. I know you have an Instagram as well. Uh, I'm pretty sure you have a team running it for you. Um, also, I'm going to put the, the, the Woodlands Bible Church on there as well. Oh, yeah. That'd be awesome. Sure. Because I'm all about that. So, um, guys, if you want to find him, check out on Facebook, County Judge Mark Kehoe. Uh, also on Instagram, uh, Mark Kehoe as well. I'll definitely post all the links for it. Uh, if you guys get a chance, go on Facebook. Leave him like, some good comments, some, some positivity because the man needs it. He's, he's looking out for us as much as humanly possible. Do you know, let me tell you something that's really interesting is that when we, you know, we'll have a post and some, you know, obviously there's a lot of vocal people who are angry. 
But the other side of that is, is we'll answer when we answer those, because a lot of times they're caustic and we're just not going to bother answering. Just, but we won't take them down. Yeah. Um, but when we answer, you would not believe the people that come out of the woodwork supporting us. There is a silent majority out there, man. Don't let anybody tell you there is. Oh, I know. I'm part of it. Yeah. The, same here. <laughs> I would not. You know, I don't sit on Facebook, man. I've got teams of people and whatnot. But even so, I still read it. And uh, and so I know where people are thinking, at least. And uh, but it's interesting. You put a comment, a conservative comment out, and pow, all of a sudden, man, people are all over it. And you go, yeah, they are listening. They are watching. Yeah. So. Man. But you're very complimentary, and I, it's really great. I, but I, I, I compliment you, and I mean this. I just our conversation that we had when I first met you over it was it was at uh, Home Depot. Yes, sir. Yeah, and um, the what you've done here is I just walked down. I was overwhelmed. I mean, this is fabulous, and to see people in here working and doing, and you're making it work. Kudos, man. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Well, hopefully, hopefully if the shutdown ever does happen again, hopefully we'll get fitness centers as part of the essential business. Well, you know, this is, you know, who knows what the future holds? We don't don't know what the future holds. But at present pace, from my perspective, dude, we got to open up and we got to open up now. Yes, sir. 100%. So... Keep, keep, stay the course. You're doing a great job. Awesome. Thank you very much. On behalf of all of Montgomery County, man. I appreciate that, man, for real. Guys, do me a favor. Uh, leave us a review. Hit subscribe. Hit like. Go follow the judge. Let him know he's doing a good job. Y'all have a wonderful day. Be blessed. And AMF. And AMF. And AMF. And AMF.